How many of you here tonight have heard of the man named Santa Anna, General Santa Anna? Anyone? Anyone? American history buffs, you'd probably know the name General Santa Anna. He was a very shrewd politician in Mexico in the 1800s. He led the Mexicans in their uh, revolt and, and their striving for independence from Spain, and ultimately they achieved that. And then later on, he was the general of the Mexican army when the Texans sought to revolt from Mexico and try to become independent themselves. Now, Santa Ana was a man who was precise and efficient with everything he did. He pushed his men to be in top condition mentally and physically, and he prided himself on the readiness of his army. Santa Ana was always seeking to be as productive as possible, and he hated to waste any time. He had his days meticulously planned down to the T. He believed that in order to be as successful as possible, he had to make the most of all the time that was given to him. Unfortunately for Santa Anna, he was so focused on being punctual and efficient that he failed in perhaps the biggest moment of his life, and we'll see why at the end of this little talk. Now, on this New Year's Eve, when we often look back at the year that has gone by and now we look forward to the year that's come, I thought it would be a good time to look at time, to look at how we make the best use of our time. And this is especially important as many of us are making resolutions or we're planning on how we'll use our time differently in the year to come. So we're going to be looking at just a one little verse in Ephesians chapter 5. It's verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start reading in uh, verse 15, but really we'll be focusing on 16. And so as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, I'm going to pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for the time that you do give us, the moments that we have with you. And this is a moment right now, Lord. And I pray that I would be fully yielded to you, God, that your spirit would speak through me, that there would be all of you, God, and none of me, and that your spirit would prepare our hearts to be moved in this moment, to be transformed by your truth, and to be encouraged by it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 say, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, in this, in this letter here, in this section of the letter, Paul is in the middle of explaining what it means to walk in a manner worthy of being children of God. That's kind of how he starts off in chapter 4. And then in the beginning of chapter 5, he says, look, this is how we are to walk as imitators of Christ. We're to walk in love. And one of the ways, one of the characteristics of those who are walking as children of God is right here in verse 16, which we're going to focus on. We are called to make the best use of the time because the days are evil. 
Now, to make the best use of something in the Greek, that word right there is actually to redeem it, to redeem the time. It's the same word that's used when it talks about Christ having redeemed us out of our sin, having bought us, having taken ownership of when we submit to him in faith. So we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. We live in a period of history in which the enemy is in control. Now, we have the Holy Spirit, and he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen? But that doesn't change the fact that the time that we're in, these days are evil days. And so therefore, because the days are evil, we will find ourselves in situations and circumstances that are seeking to destroy us, to bring us down, to tempt us, to get us to fall and to fail. So we are called to redeem that time, make the best use of the time. Now, in the Greek, there are two words that can be translated as time. The first of those two words is chronos. This is the word that we get uh, chronology from and, and many others. Chronos refers to a measurement or passage of a fixed period of time, in, in seconds, minutes, hours, that's, that's chronos time. And when people think of making the best use of a set period of time or, or a, a passage of time, they often think of being efficient and productive and punctual and swift. I mean, how many of you have bosses who those words right there, those, those things are important to them, right? Be productive, be efficient. <laughs> That's very true, Matthew Potter. Very true. Production, efficiency, make it happen. So, so we have these qualities and we have these characteristics that in our culture in particular are a big deal. But there's a second word in the Greek that also can be translated time, and that word is kairos. And this word refers to a season or a moment of time. It's not at all concerned with the measurement of time or the passage of time. It really doesn't care at all about time as we think of it just kind of moving on. It is all about this, this moment that you find yourself in. It's focused on the conditions that allow for some opportunity of, of greatness or significance. So when people think of making the best use or redeeming these conditions in a moment or a season, they think of things like being patient, being mindful, being aware, persevering as they're matured and refined through that particular moment. Do we understand the difference between these two things? Is this making sense? All right, now, of these two words, both translated as time, Kairos, the second, is used nearly twice as much as Kronos is in Scripture. I mean, that makes sense intuitively, right? I mean, if we just read the Bible, God is a lot more concerned with maturing us through these moments that we find ourselves in, isn't he, than he is with our being productive or efficient in a period of time. I mean, there's lots of examples of God doing things where it's like, why'd you do it that way, God? That's not very productive or efficient at all. Well, he's, he's got a bigger 
moment planned that he wants to see happen. Now, I'll give you one guess as to which of these two words is used here in our passage. Kairos, right? It's Kairos. You had it, Sarah. You had it. I know you did. It's Kairos. We are to make the best use of the moments that we find ourselves in. Now, now here's the thing. A Kairos moment can be something that emerges and disappears quickly, or it can be something, a moment that does last for a long period of time. Remember, Kairos doesn't care about Kronos, okay? So the moment that you find yourself in can be over and done lickety-split when someone cuts you off on the road. That's a moment, that's a season, that's a, that's a condition that is creating a set of circumstances that will either mature you and refine you and draw you closer to God or will expose some evil in your heart. All of you angry drivers out there, definitely not me. No comments from the peanut gallery, son. Or it can be something that lasts a long time. And I know you guys know what that feels like, right? Some of those seasons where it's just like, ooh, this just keeps going on and on and on. Now, here's the thing. Kairos moments, they can either be moments of joy and peace. They don't have to be bad. They can be seasons where it's like, yes, this is amazing, and God is so good, and I'm seeing him work and move, and his spirit is active and alive and at work all the time. Praise God. This is beautiful. But they can also be moments where it is a trial, it is a test, it is a season of difficulty and dryness. Now, in this passage, we know that Paul is talking about the difficult moments, the difficult seasons. Why? Because of what he says at the end here, the days are evil. So because the days are evil, the enemy is going to seek to attack us, seek to draw us into circumstances that are going to get us to fall and to fall away from God. And these are the moments in particular that Paul is saying that when we are confronted by them, we have to redeem those moments. What the enemy means for evil, God means for good. Right? And so that is what we need to be mindful of. And so it's critical that we learn to recognize these moments when they arise. Because if we don't, if we don't recognize these moments, we can actually get stuck in them. You can actually get stuck in a Kairos moment where it's just like, man, this just keeps happening over and over and I don't know where I'm not going anywhere. It's like I'm just moving in place here, right? Anyone ever feel like that spiritually? Yeah, you're just kind of stuck. And typically, that is the result of our not recognizing what is actually going on. What, what is going on within our hearts that we are not yielding to the Lord, that we are not letting go of, that we are not letting God have control of in that moment. There's a lot of different reasons, and unfortunately I don't have the time to get into it, but, but it's key that we recognize these things. So in the final moments that we have together, I want to discuss some very common circumstances, some very common conditions that we all experience that 
very regularly lead to these kairos moments that we're called to redeem and make the best use of. So again, just to make it crystal clear, a kairos moment will occur any time conditions and circumstances are in place that stretch us, that expose some vulnerability or weakness within us spiritually, emotionally, or even physically. That's, that is a kairos moment in these evil days. Now again, there's also good kairos moments, but those ones are easy to redeem usually, aren't they? Because it's going great, and yeah, we make the best use of those. But it's the tough ones that Paul wants us to drive at. Now, here's the thing when it comes to these moments. It's not our job to try to avoid them or to try to overcome them by sheer strength of will. Redeeming a kairos moment means we walk through it and walk closer, draw closer to God in the midst of the moment. You can't redeem something, you can't buy it back if you avoid it or you just kind of leave it over there. We become redeemers of these moments when we are in the midst of them and continuing to stand firm in the Lord as he refines us and he matures us and he allows us to grow through these moments. So I've got a a fun little acronym I like it, 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 it makes me happy, to help us remember some common circumstances that lead to kairos moments when they occur so that we can steward them well. And really this is about stewardship. This is about being good stewards of these moments. So we have all got to be mindful of being blasted. Anyone been blasted here before? Yeah, yeah. I thought so, Rocco, right? We, we have to be mindful when we are bored, when we are lonely, when we are angry or anxious or apathetic. That's a tough one. How about when we're stressed or when we're tested? That's kind of the catch-all, right? When we're just exhausted, that one, the enemy comes at me with that one all the time. Or when we're discouraged, when it's just, life just is hard and stinks. Every single one of these sets the stage for a Kairos moment. When we're at that place, We are in a condition that is ripe for a Kairos moment. So, I need some kids who we have down here right now to come on up, and I just want you to help me give some examples of what these Kairos moments look like and how we go over them. Rocco, you're my man. I knew I could count on you. That's right. High five. Everyone, this is Rocco. He's my buddy. All right? And all the other kids who I talked to abandoned me. The sad thing is that most of them were my own children. <laughs> Rocco, I got some questions for you, okay? All right, these are easy ones. These are really easy ones. Have you ever been bored 
in your life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. What's that, what's that like? Um, when you don't have anyone to play with. Yeah, you don't have anyone to play with. You don't have anything to do. Now, tell me, in those times, in those moments, what do you usually do? Do you ever like do you ever whine and complain and like mom I don't have anything to do yeah, yeah you do Boy. yeah yeah <laughs> big brothers tattling. so when we're whining and complaining about being bored do you think that that is something that is drawing us closer to God or something that's drawing us farther away from God drawing us farther away from God you're good you are good. I didn't even, we didn't even talk about this beforehand. How about another one? How about another one? Have you ever been, have you ever been anxious or afraid? Yeah? Let me see your afraid face. <laughs> that looked like an angry face to me. Let me see your afraid face. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now, in those times when you were afraid or anxious, what, what did you do to help to to not be afraid anymore. Um, I just um, think of good things. You thought of good things. You thought happy thoughts like Peter Pan. That's, that's smart. That's smart. Maybe sometimes you even might have prayed. Is that something you could have done? And asked Jesus to, to be with you? Yeah. Now, do you think that was something that took you farther away from God? Or do you think that was something that helped you to draw closer to God? Draw closer to God. Boom. Two for two. Awesome, awesome. Got one more, one more, one more. Here we go, here we go. Now, have you ever been in a circumstance where you failed at something? Yeah, yeah. What'd you fail at? Uh, football. Football, oh my goodness. Yeah, you probably had the ball and someone just ripped that flag right off of your, off of your belt and you got tackled, right? Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling, right? Now, what did you do after you got tackled, after you failed? Did you just throw the ball down and kind of walk away angry, or did you get back up again and keep on trying and keep persevering? Get back up again. You did. You got back up again. Woo, you got that knocked down. Pick it up again. They ain't never going to keep you down. So do you think that was a moment where you... you Drew closer to the God <laughs> or farther away? Closer. Closer because you persevered and you didn't give up and you didn't quit. That's good. Yeah, let's give it up for Rocco. <laughs> now, Assuming that we don't get confused about which of those move us closer to God and move which of those move us farther away from God, <laughs> our ability to recognize these blasted circumstances is going to go a long way to helping us to redeeming these moments that we're called to redeem. And when we do recognize these, these blasted circumstances, we've got to cry out to God to help us. We can't do it under our own strength, under our own power. It's not going to happen. Thankfully, we have the helper, right? We have the Holy Spirit who is with us and, and in us and empowers us and leads us and guides us. And he will help us overcome those moments. And sometimes 
Not only do we need the Holy Spirit, but we need one another too, don't we? And in those moments, especially, it is critical that we call out to our brothers and sisters and say, help, I need you. There is no more beautiful way for the body of Christ to operate than to be loving one another through these Kairos moments. And you know what happens when we don't cry out for help and we need to hear this? We rob the church of the opportunity to show the world what love looks like. You ever think about that? So the next time you find yourself in one of those Kairos moments and you need help and you say, I don't want to bother anyone. Oh, I'll just deal with this on my own. Oh, I'm just, no, just going to grip my teeth and bear it. You're robbing an opportunity for God to receive glory and be praised. And that is what it means to redeem those moments that God is glorified and is praised. So don't ever, ever, ever fail to call out for help. Sadly, when Santa Anna was faced with one of these moments, he failed miserably. Remember, all Santa Anna cared about was not wasting the Kronos time that he had. And a man by the name of Sam Houston took advantage of that. Houston was the leader of the Texan army, and he was leading his men in the fight for independence from Mexico. And Santa Ana had him cornered at San Jacinto. But Houston had one final ace up his sleeve. See, he knew that Santa Ana took a siesta at 4 o'clock sharp every day, no matter what. And even though Santa Ana knew that Houston's forces were in the area and he had them trapped, that the conditions were ripe for a moment of testing, literally a battle that was going to take place, he decided that he would stick to his schedule and he went down for his nap because he was focused on his Kronos values. Well, at 4 o'clock, Houston moved his men into position, and at precisely 4.30, when he knew that Santa Ana was asleep, they surprise attacked the Mexican army, and the Battle of San Jacinto was won in less than 20 minutes, even though the Texans were outnumbered two to one by the Mexicans. This new year, we can't become so focused on the passage of time and being efficient or punctual and productive that we miss the kairos moments in which we find ourselves. So the enemy is seeking to attack us when we least expect it, and we've got to be attentive, especially when we're blasted, so that we don't fall victim to the attack. This new year, as we trust and rely on the strength and leading of the Holy Spirit, let's resolve to be mindful of recognizing these moments. Let's, let's live in these moments and, and grow and mature in these moments and walk through them to the next season that the Lord has for us, all for the glory of his name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.